National media continues to exaggerate and promote misleading negative headlines designed to diminish the rule of law and those whose job it is to enforce it. Remember, the only people who want to defund the police and dismantle these agencies are the criminals. And don't forget to thank a cop. Now, let's start the show. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to Law Matters. Before I introduce our guest today, I want to make a couple of announcements. If you haven't been to the Tucson Auto Museum, today's the day to go. Because if you're law enforcement, you and your family will get in for free from 2 to 4 this afternoon. And that's at 990 South Cherry Avenue. And Pima Federal Credit Union and Law Matters Radio Show will host a town hall on February 3rd starting at 10 o'clock. It's at 6860 North Oracle Road. There will be presentations on various topics by the Pima County Attorney Office and staff with Q&A afterwards. Seating is limited. Please register. If you're not registered, you probably won't get in. This is not a political rally. This is an educational opportunity being held on private property. Okay. In the studio, we have a full house. We have teachers from the Tempe Union High School. I imagine that's in Tempe. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Warren's here. Jaya Neal is a student. Yes. Eric Lauer is a teacher. And we also have DEA SAC, that's special agent in charge, Sherry Oz. (laughs) Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Sherry. Good morning. Okay, we've got a real special topic to talk about today, and I am so proud of these students Sherry, explain what's going on and and how all this evolved. So DEA has uh, taken a new approach to fentanyl, which involves, or drug in general, which involves education, outreach, and prevention. And in doing so, we have Operation Engage, which is a a community-based education program where we're going out in the community and trying to really educate people about making good choices and about the dangers of of drugs and specifically of fentanyl. In the course of that, we met an amazing mother, uh, Sherry Dukes, and she is uh, also, in addition to a a mother and a teacher, um, her son uh, was a victim of of fentanyl poisoning. And in in that process, I think she had become very passionate about education because when she learned about about her son, she didn't know what fentanyl was. So at Tempe Union High School, she reached out to the young people and developed a peer-to-peer messaging program. Uh, and she introduced us to these wonderful kids who have really taken education upon themselves and they're talking to the people their own age and spreading the message that is really impactful. Is this a program that other schools can hop on the bandwagon and take part in? Because I, I really think peer-to-peer is is important. Absolutely. I have a 16-year-old and I tell my kids every day not to use drugs. When they meet kids their own age who are saying the same message, they actually ask me questions afterwards. And that to me is such an impact that I I don't know that I realize until it happened in my own home. Um, These kids have a great message to send. They are very educated, they're brilliant, and they're so passionate about doing the right thing, making good choices, and teaching their peers to make good choices. You know, that was one of the things, I I did a little research, so you're not (laughs) safe, I did research. (laughs) And it 
amazed me that a lot of people don't know what fentanyl is. And as a parent, I'm a parent, you want your kids to be prepared, especially when you're shoving them out of the nest, they're going to play with other kids and they're going to be around other people and you're not there to supervise. You want them to be educated on this. What is the statistic? Do you know the statistics of how many people are unaware of what fentanyl is? So that's hard hard to, to judge. And we've heard all different evidence that says um, it's as much as 50% and as few as 20%. The fact that anyone doesn't right. know what fentanyl is terrifies me. No. Terrifies me. Especially that it's, it is disguised in these pills that look legitimate. And so in keeping with that, we have to get the word out. And I, every time I, I do any public speaking, that is always my message is to educate yourself and talk about fentanyl. Teach people, anybody that you encounter, tell them, spread the message because knowing is power. And here we have these kids who are doing the exact same thing. It's fantastic. We, during our break, we're going to listen to some of their messages. It is very powerful to hear what they have to say. And they're actually videos. John was nice enough to do the audio portion and put it on our, our show today. So we're going to have a longer break than usual, but listen to these messages because it's really important. Janelle, talk to me. What made you, What what is your passion? What made you get involved with this? Um, so I have like known friends and family who have used drugs, have lost some like very close people to me to drugs, like some friendships. So I had a personal stake in it. And when I was approached with this opportunity from one of my teachers, I was like, of course I need to hop on this. See, cause when I started, I honestly did not know what fentanyl was truly. I've heard of it, but I didn't really understand like the scope of how dangerous it was until I started learning. And you're a senior in high school. I am a senior. And you didn't know what fentanyl was. No, we started this last year when I was a junior and I've only heard like, I, like, I knew it was a drug. I knew it was dangerous, but like I never knew it was this lethal. This, yeah. And tell us a little bit about you. What are you studying? Where are you going to college? Yeah. <laughs> Let's brag um, a little bit. So I just got accepted into Boston University. So going to freeze. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be very cool. It takes some getting used to. Um, I'm going to be majoring in computer science. So a lot of fun. I can't wait. I'm super excited. Right now I'm in, I love computer science. I also love business. So I might double major in business, but I also am also obviously very passionate about the No Second Chance campaign and uh, awareness. So are you going to take this to college with you, this campaign? I definitely want to, like either start something similar in Massachusetts in the Boston area or like even just start like a club or something smaller and then grow it into something like this. No, because this, these messages are really, really, really important. Mm -hmm. There's so many people. How many, what's the stats? We have lost so many people just in Arizona. So last year, our stats just came out from July 2022 to July 2023. Nationwide, we lost over 110,000 people to drug poisonings and overdoses. To fake drugs. These are fake drugs. And that's important to note. When we talk about fentanyl, um, it can be disguised in anything. Mm -hmm. the cartels are very manipulative and they are good marketers. So they will put fentanyl, which is lethal and deadly in very small doses, in pills that look like Adderall, that look like hydrocodone, oxycodone, that look like Vicodin. In, in candy, we can, it can, it's a powder. It's a very, it's a powder that is very easy to disguise. So that's really important to, to let people know what it looks like because it can look like anything. That's why I tell people, especially little kids when I'm around them, don't take candy, not even from your friend. 
you don't know where it's been. And kids in in college, don't don't let your roommate give you an aspirin mm-hmm. for a headache. Even don't do it. And if you've got meds in college, there's these lock boxes. Lock them up. Lock Absolutely. Them up. So don't share. Yeah. Because it's you don't know. You don't know. And it could be a very innocent thing that happens. But some, <laughs> some people have bad intentions. So right. your teachers are here. Yes. I wanna I wanna hear from you. What what was uh prompting you to get involved with something like this, Eric? Well, I was already um prevention was already my job throughout the district, um, which started Explain with... Explain what your job is. Yeah, it's prevention, drug and alcohol prevention, okay. um, which started from a grant from the uh, Governor's Office of Youth, Faith, and Family here in Arizona. Um, and what we thought about was how can we get our young people involved, uh, which started this work group. So it was staff members throughout our district, um, along with the students from Corona High School. Um, and from there, the work group uh, really changed kind of how we thought about our young people in a way, kind of being floored that um, we need to listen to them more. One of the things that came from this fentanyl campaign was the fact that they are able, they're capable, and definitely uh, are willing to do stuff like this, especially when it uh, has to do with their peers. And they're able to connect with their peers in a greater way that even teachers and staff are, are limited in doing so. So. Uh, it became a powerful thing that they really drove themselves and was really just monitored and supported by the adults in the room. Um, and, and this is what they created. How many students do you have on, on this committee? Or is it a, a club? What is it? it? It's actually a group. It's a just work a group, group that was created. Okay. Um, I think maybe a total of six now that, that started. Um, we have had a couple that have graduated and our students in in college and ASU right now that still come back, still help support when they can. Um, But we've kept it fairly small. All these videos are gonna be on our website for after today's show so that you can go through and just look and hear what they have to say and how they're presenting it. It's very powerful. It just, I'm so proud of you. Thank you. And you're not even my child. (laughs) So. What do your parents think about this? They're very proud. They love coming to like all of our presentations. I know they're probably listening right now. So, Hi, Mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're very supportive. So tell me about the school, because when I saw Tempe Union, I'm thinking credit union. It's a school. <laughs> so tell me about this school. How long have you been? And this is Warren. He Tell us what your job title is. And um, My official title is uh, Digital Communications Project Coordinator. So I work with the Community Relations Department at the Tempe Union High School District. We need one of those on our board. We need people that get our message out. Why don't you? It's important. Yeah. It's important. Yeah. I so mean, he just volunteered to be on our board. I heard it. I heard it. Yeah. Everybody, I heard it. Yeah. No, it's it's great being an advocate for education. There's a lot. Um, I mean, as you're is aware, there's a lot of negative press out there regarding education in general, and. Um, it's just great to work with students like this. There, there's there's so many great things that are going on in the school district that um, people just aren't aware of. But this in the, this this particular initiative has really been a great experience for everyone involved, myself included. When we reached out to the students, it was important for us when Eric and Ron Denny, who was also on the Social Emotional Wellness Committee, uh, reached out to the Community Relations Department to get messaging out <clears throat> regarding the fentanyl crisis, we wanted to have student 
students on the committee t- to actually work with us, not not the adults telling the students what to do, but because the messaging was going to be directed towards students, it was very important that students have ownership of that messaging. And so the PSAs that you've seen that were produced were all, that, that was the concept of the students, the, the tone, the message, everything was the, was, was student driven. So there, there truly are peers working with us on the committee as opposed to us adults telling them what to do. Were you surprised at all at the lack of credible knowledge on fentanyl when you started talking to these students? I, in general, yes. So the, the the lack of knowledge of fentanyl in general, and it's something we were we were discussing here prior to going on air, is, is it's it's shocking because it's so prevalent and it's such a dangerous drug. And it's the scary thing is that I realized, and I think all of us realized, is people aren't looking for fentanyl. It's no. not, they're not necessarily going out there and like, I want to get fentanyl. In the past, like, I want cocaine, I want heroin. I, that's not what it is. It's, they're looking for, as Sherry was saying, they need a Zanny or a Molly because they just need to relax. What's and, a Molly? So, <laughs> so, I'm glad you don't know. Yeah, really? <laughs> I that, didn't know what a Zanny was. Until yeah, Zanny Xanax. Um, okay. Uh, so that, uh, unfortunately, Sherry Duke's son was in that situation. He wasn't looking for fentanyl. He was just needed something to relax, and he got a counterfeit pill that contained fentanyl. And it's such a small, such a small amount can kill. Yeah. And that was the scary thing is we know students are out there, and, and <clears throat> Jay can probably talk to this a little bit more, but. The the me- the focus of the message was we don't want to preach, uh, we don't want to say you know don't do drugs just say no. It was we just need you to to know what could happen if you take a pill that you're not sure where it came from. There's a very strong chance that that's going to contain fentanyl, and then that will kill you. And there's so many different ways that they they disguise it. Absolutely, it, it could be in anything. In anything and that's the scary thing mm-hmm. you know when I was growing up it was like don't take candy from a stranger because that's the stranger was the boogeyman <laughs> but you know this this is insane this yeah. is this is way more than anything we grew up with so okay we're talking about vaping too do you vape no do you have you have friends that vape? oh absolutely yeah, you'll go into like the bathroom in high school and you'll see like the vape clouds rising in the bathroom stalls. Like it's very common. Yeah, you, you'd be behind a car in traffic and all of this plume of, you know, yeah. you think it's a steam engine. So it's <laughs> 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 not, not running on gas. So what's the deal with vaping? Vacant, it can be dangerous. Can fentanyl be put in that as well? We're not seeing a lot of evidence of that currently. It terrifies me to think that that's next because I feel like that's our teen population really at risk. Uh, the pills are dangerous. They, they keep me up at night thinking about uh, what's out there. Uh, a vape, I don't, well, I'd probably never sleep again. So vaping, isn't that illegal for kids under a certain age or is it legal? I don't know. It, it is, you have to be, I think 18 to, to purchase any vape cartridges, but like anything else, when it's a status offense by age, uh, it's very hard to regulate and control. So they're out there doing that and they're not supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And there's other things that they can put in a vaping machine, whatever those things are called. I've seen them. 
but you know that are lethal yeah. absolutely so tell me about what they put in these things that so most of the time um what we're seeing most commonly is thc or thc derivatives which is also still dangerous and it's important to to note that um but really anything can be put in them so i would say to all teenagers out there actually to everyone out there to make good choices to educate yourself and the biggest thing here is because we're trying not to preach right we're trying to to send the message that you choose your own future and when i was 16 years old if somebody told me what to do i would be very angry so i don't want to be that that mom to tell you what to do except my own kids i <laughs> i can't can't not i can't not opine i guess um <laughs> But for all the other teenagers out there, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm telling you, educate yourself and you make your own choices. And once you educate yourself, you are not going to choose vaping and you're not going to choose fentanyl. True. Or any other drug. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just some of it's really addicting and you don't want to go down that rabbit hole. It's scary. So during our break today, you're going to hear all these messages back to back to back. And if you go on our website, you'll you'll be able to see the video that goes with them. But we just wanted to make sure everybody heard what was going on and really think about what you're doing before you do it. Mm -hmm. You know, don't don't go into that smoke shop or whatever it is. Don't don't be vaping. That's so stupid. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to do that. So your attorney general up there, I, I read this article, it was the only thing I could find that, you know, to talk about what we were talking about. Is she on board with this program that, that they're doing or do you know? The current attorney general is phenomenal. Okay. Uh, she is very support, supportive of drug law enforcement and law enforcement in general. I cannot, um, I cannot express enough how happy I am with the partnership with that, uh, with her office. Uh, she's been a, a great supporter and, and very serious and very tough on uh, people who are preying on those who use fentanyl. And that's really important. When we talk about drug traffickers, to me, these are the worst of the worst. Mm -hmm. These are people that are trying to profit from tragedy. And uh, she's very serious about enforcing those laws. So to me, that's fantastic. And also... I think as a mom herself, she is, um, and I don't want to speak for her. Obviously, she can speak for herself, but I think it's important, the education, prevention, outreach. We're all in law enforcement realizing that we can't do this alone. No. I can't put everybody in jail and think that the problem's going to go away. We need, we need our young people. We need our community. We need our faith leaders. We need our community leaders. We need everybody to have the same message, and the message should be very simple. Just say no. Just say no. It's it's just a sin. I remember that too from what the Reagan years. It was yes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the Maricopa County Attorney we're talking about is Rachel Mitchell. Oh, County Attorney. I thought you were talking about Attorney General. Uh, oh. Rachel Mitchell also fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I could go on and on. And who was the Attorney General you're That's referring to? Chris Mays. So Chris she's May. yeah, okay. she's incredible. Uh, very supportive and. Uh, Rachel Mitchell is a great partner as well. Very serious, tough on crime. She has been a, a great supporter as well. I think that's, if that would be consistent throughout, I think there are some areas where they're not as tough on crime 
and people are out reoffending before the arrest report is even written. And it's very frustrating for a lot of people, and it's not taking what's going on seriously. And just like you say, you don't want to preach about it. You want to educate people because knowledge is power. Absolutely. And if you know what's going on, you're going to not do that or do something else. You're going to adjust your behavior. But to go into this blind, you know, you don't want to do that either because that's that's dangerous. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to listen to some of these uh, PSAs, and I'm going to be amazed. And so are you. <laughs> Look, I'm not here to preach. I'm really not. But you need to be aware of a serious issue if you don't already know about it. Fentanyl is an extremely deadly drug that is making its way to our communities at a very scary rate. I know we all like to have a good time. We like to hang out with our friends, whether it's at parties, after football games, concerts, or whatever you may do. And sometimes it puts us in situations where we might not make the best choices. You may not even be in search of fentanyl, but it can show up in many different forms. Illegal fentanyl is being mixed with other drugs without the user even being aware of it. From that vape you're hitting to the Xanax you got off of social media, teens as young as 14 are accidentally overdosing on fentanyl. An amount of fentanyl small enough to fit on the tip of your pencil can kill you. With fentanyl, there may not be a second chance. Compared to heroin, fentanyl is at least 50 times more potent. Fentanyl is also a hundred times more potent than morphine, an opioid that is used to treat pain. Illegal fentanyl is sold in the following forms. As a powder, dropped on a blotter paper like small candies, in eyedroppers or nasal sprays, or made into pills that look like real prescription opioids. Counterfeit fentanyl is being mixed with other drugs. This is especially dangerous because people are often unaware that fentanyl has been added. 60% counterfeit pills tested contain lethal traces of fentanyl. A lethal dose of fentanyl can be as small as just two grains of rice. It is nearly impossible to tell if a pill has been laced or not just by looking at it alone. Testing strips can help identify fentanyl, but they cannot be trusted for sure. With fentanyl, there may not be a second chance. When you take that Percocet, or Zanny, or hit that vape, there's someone you don't know, or even someone you do, it's the same as playing Russian Roulette. Because that pill or that vape may contain fentanyl. And the smallest amount of fentanyl can kill you. It's as simple as that. With fentanyl, there may not be a second chance. It's no secret that vaping is on the rise among youth. At the same time, we've seen a drastic increase in fentanyl on the streets as well. If we didn't already know, fentanyl is found not only in pills, but can be ejected into other substances. Recently, the DEA discovered that fentanyl is being injected into vaping cartridges, often without the knowledge of the user. Fentanyl's presence is not only hard to detect, but it's also highly addictive. A dose of fentanyl as small as two grains of rice can kill you. So when someone takes a hit of that vape, there is a greater risk that they may also be ingesting fentanyl. Is that hit really worth it? Because with fentanyl, there may not be a second chance. Let's play a game. Can you tell which one of these pills contains a deadly dose of fentanyl? Neither can I. 
Drug dealers use fentanyl as a cutting agent, which means they mix it in with other drugs to make them more addictive. Imitation drugs that look like the real thing can contain small amounts of fentanyl, which are lethal. So if you choose the wrong pill, there is no reset. With fentanyl, there may not be a second chance. Recently, the U.S. government seized over 9,000 pounds of illegal fentanyl at the border. That's enough to kill every American five times over. In 2021, almost 1,800 people in Arizona died due to fentanyl. Many people aren't even aware that they're taking it as well. Drug dealers are mixing fentanyl with other drugs to make it more addictive and it only takes a small amount to kill you. With fentanyl, there may not be a second chance. So you're out with a friend, and the two of you have made the choice to use an illegal substance. And now you think your friend is overdosing because that drug was laced with fentanyl. You're freaking out. Should you call 911? Won't you get in trouble? Could you go to jail? I'm here to tell you, call 911 no matter what. Arizona has a good Samaritan law, which allows people to call for help for someone who might be overdosing without fear of being arrested for possessing or using drugs. Get the help your friend needs to save their life. Because with fentanyl, there may not be a second chance. Thanks for staying with us. Those are messages that were created by students from the Tempe Union School. Tell me, how did you start this program? If other listeners are thinking about, hey, we need this program in our school, how did you get started? Yeah, so the teacher that actually approached me, who was approached by the Social Emotional Wellness Department, um, was actually like a business teacher, and we're part of this club called DECA, which is like a competitive business club. So he, we were originally approached with it as like a competition. So we would be take part in this campaign and use it for this DECA competition. So we hopped on, and at first it was like, okay, how are we going to put this into our competition? But then it obviously grew into this huge campaign that we never even like imagined it would grow this big, which we're so grateful for. And it's just an amazing opportunity that it started out as just like this little deck of competition and grew into this such like a big message. Did you win? We did. We got <laughs> we got finals and internationals. So, <laughs> so tell us about the award you won. Uh, yeah, so we won that, and then a few months ago, we also were one of two national winners for the DEA for their Community Prevention Award. Uh, so we were so grateful. We loved it. We got uh, some funding to continue our message with the campaign. We got an award during the Red Ribbon Rally, so it was an amazing opportunity. Red Ribbon Rally, what's that? So, well, back in 1985, my hero, uh, Kiki Camarena, was uh, kidnapped, tortured, and, and murdered. Uh, he was a special agent, just like me. In Mexico. In Mexico, in uh, Guadalajara. And so his uh, his legacy uh, was a, a group of, of students and teachers that took on his messaging. And uh, in October, we celebrate his life and try to sped, spread a prevention and education message. Uh, it's a, That's a great legacy. It's a, it is a fantastic legacy. Um, and it, it really matters to us. It's something that we've we've done for for years, and uh, we reach a lot of we reach a lot of school age kids because we've learned that the messaging you're never too young. You're never never too young to start having a conversation about making good choices and about drug use and abuse. So you used an acronym, DECA. Uh, yeah, it stands for Distributive Education Clubs of America. Don't know where they came up with that one, but it's a, it's business a national club. thing then. 
Uh, yeah, we have international. So we have competitors from like Puerto Rico, China that go to, we are, it was in Florida last year. So we all flew out there and competed and we got finals in international. So very exciting. I'm really excited about these students. <laughs> this is, Aren't this they is, amazing? Yes, <laughs> this is awesome. And you know what? And I'm sure you're going to say the same thing. It's never too young oh, to no. start talking to your kids about you sending your kids off to preschool or, or kindergarten, mm-hmm. grade school, middle school. They're not too young to know, don't take candy. Don't take anything from anybody and put it in your mouth. Yeah, I have two younger brothers, one in elementary school, one in middle school. And I hear their friends talking about like drugs all the time when they're playing Fortnite or whatever on their computer. So yeah, it's never too early. They might be talking about drugs, but do they really understand the gravity of taking drugs? <laughs> mm, probably not. They can't. Probably not. But DEA has some great tools at DEA.gov to help parents start those awkward conversations. Yeah, because it can't be easy. No, it's not. And it, it has to be age appropriate, right? If I gave you the chemistry and you're six years old, I don't know that you would... You'd say, yeah, yeah, yeah go by. I want to play with my toys. Exactly. <laughs> Um, So having age-appropriate conversations, but getting that message across early and then continue the conversation. Keep growing. Keep educating. Yeah, this isn't a one and done. You have to keep as as your kids are getting older because I've learned from knowing you guys that it evolves. The drug industry evolves and they're not our friends. You know, these illegal drugs or imitation drugs, you called them imitation drugs. And I'm like, oh, that's another way of, yeah, they're illegal and they're dangerous. And they're so available, especially to our youth. A lot of our teens who are using fentanyl are buying it online, social media. And in my day, I had to leave the house to get in trouble. You no longer have to do that. You can sit right next to your mom and dad on the couch or at a family meal and order all of your... Uh, your illegal drugs online. Didn't one of the one of the kids say they ordered it off Snapchat? Absolutely, it's very common. And delivered it gets, right to the door, right to your door. And it, <laughs> it just blows me away. I can imagine my, my both my mom and dad were in the Marine Corps, so this wouldn't go over mm. well at all. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you do you distribute Narcan in the school? Do you have Narcan? Uh, we do have Narcan all throughout uh, our school district at all of our, our high schools. We have six high schools in our district. Um, all of our nurses, administrators, and support staff have been trained with Narcan. Um, and we've even trained uh, some students. I was going to say, do the students know how to use it? Because they're they're first on the scene. Yes, that that's actually something we've started to progress even more with our students. We do have students that carry Narcan on their person throughout the day. Um, and we're starting to grow with the numbers of actually getting them trained in how to use Narcan, which is really not that difficult and easy to administer. One of the things when they first heard about, when I first heard about Narcan was, are you enabling them to go ahead and try this illegal drug? Because here's the Narcan that's going to save your life if it's if it goes sideways. Do you think that's you know, are you enabling people to use drugs by saying, here's your Narcan? I think you could have that thought pattern, but um, when it comes to it's saving a life, yeah, <laughs> we're, we're not going to risk it. And we want to be prepared, just like you would someone being able to perform CPR. Okay. 
And Narcan's not like a cure-all. It stops it for maybe a couple minutes before the overdose kicks right back in. So it's a temporary solution. It's a Band-Aid. Yeah. It's a Band-Aid until real help gets there. Mm -hmm. How many times... I've heard people say that sometimes you have to use a lot of Narcan continuously. Is it the, the kind... Is it a needle? Um, you can use a needle. Most of the uh, our students and our staff, there's a, a nasal a spray that you administer through the nostril, which is very simple to do. Um, and I know I think in the Tempe area, up to four administers of Narcan a lot of times to revive people. Wow. Wow, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's scary. When have you experienced reviving somebody? I, I have not personally, no. Have you, Warren? Have you, Sherry? No. Jody's here. Have you? Have you experienced using it? I haven't used it, but there have been kids at my school who's OD'd, and it has to have been administered. And they've been brought back? Yeah. So you haven't experienced anybody actually passing away from illegal use? Not not personally. Good. Good. Glad to hear it. Yeah. (laughs) Glad to hear it. So what is your next step? Is, you know, getting this, this is a great program. Are you able to put it in all the schools in Arizona or is this a regional thing? Well, I'm hoping that other schools are listening right now and they will be calling Tempe Union later today. Well, maybe wait till Monday Um, (laughs) or Tuesday. Tuesday, it's a holiday. It is. Um, A holiday weekend. MLK Day. Oh, nobody told me. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Don't go to work on Monday. Okay, I'll I'll stay home. (laughs) Uh, But I'm hoping that other schools will be inspired because you heard those messages. And these teens are incredible. And they're saying all the right things. And it matters. Their message is so impactful because it's coming from them. What I say is very different than what Jaya says. Yes. So, uh, and important to note that that DEA award that they won for the prevention, that's a big deal. They were one of two winners nationwide. And we have huge. We have coalitions and groups that put together uh, community outreach events, and they're amazing. They do a great job. These kids blew away the competition. They were so impactful. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. I'm and so grateful. If it's okay with you, I would like to continue to use those messages on our breaks. And you know, hopefully, get the word out. Mm-hmm. If I could, go ahead. Yeah, if I could say real quick, it's it's been an amazing opportunity to work with these students. Um, but we've also had a lot of help with from the DEA, from local law enforcement, from Tempe Coalition, from uh, the National Guard. It's it's something the that National has, Guard. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Te- okay. Expound. Yeah. <laughs> you, don't, you don't just throw it out there. So Tommy, I'm gonna forget his last name now Tommy so I'm I apologize um Morgan Morgan thank you Morga Morga Tommy Morga uh with the National Guard and a couple of his um associates reached out to us and I don't remember off the top of my head exactly how it happened but they they have a stake in getting information out about illegal use of whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. So he had heard about the initiative through our district and had reached out to us and we met with him and he's been instrumental in um, helping get the message out through his channels as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was a law enforcement, um, it was two, three months ago, there was a law law enforcement, I'm going to forget the name of it now, the 
500 or the, so law enforcement issues from the, the state summit? of Arizona. Yeah. The Arizona Drug Summit. Thank you. Yeah. Arizona Drug Summit. We were there. Yeah. This is why we have Jaya and the students on the team because I are, be like, I miss my mind. Um, but Jaya is, yeah. So there was the Drug Summit that, that uh, Tommy was instrumental in, in organizing. Mm-hmm. And had Jay and Sydney and some of the students come out and talk to all law enforcement issues about this initiative. Very but cool. it's been we've we've had a tremendous amount of support from mm-hmm. law enforcement in general. It's and it's been it's been great. It's it's been amazing. You have the statistics from across the country where where it's more prevalent. Is it possible to, you know, like call them up and say, Hey, we've got a program, you need to initiate this program in your area. Get some kids together and make it happen. Can you do that? Yeah, I would say anybody that's listening and wants to get involved, we've been more than willing to share the information and the PSAs. Mm-hmm. We've reached, we've had others, uh, a few of other districts have reached out to us, um, and even some charter schools about using this. And we're more than willing to share this. We actually had a um, smaller uh, rural community in Wisconsin reach out. Somehow they had they they were doing some. And, and they were trying to plan some messaging about fentanyl and, and the issues that are they're starting to see up in Wisconsin. And somehow they came across our PSAs and reached out to our district, or community relations department, and we got them these PSAs because then they wanted to to take those and and, and edit them a little bit for tweak them for their area. exactly. And they were going to play them on the movie theater in uh, in their oh, area great idea mm-hmm. and yeah. we've done that here tempe coalition was able to fund and pay for those messages to appear in the movie theaters in the tempe chandler area so the, over the course of the summer they had like what was it yeah 108 thousand impressions it was a lot yeah i had like friends at school like hey i saw your ad in the theater last weekend i'm like that's so cool yeah did they ask for your autograph <laughs> <laughs> I would be collecting autographs. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. But I, I again, I encourage any anybody that wants it. Like our goal is just to get the message out there, and Absolutely. so we're not going to be super possessive of this. Do you remember the town in Wisconsin? Off the top of my head, I don't. Because I don't. they have some wonderful names up there, like Manitowish Waters. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and Oshkosh. <laughs> Sheboygan. 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 That's a fun word to say. Yeah. Sheboygan. So, let's talk about. The legal end of this, you you've got these people. You're collecting these drugs. People are are going to jail. If somebody dies of a fentanyl overdose, are you able to the person who sold them the drug or gave them the drug? Are you able to um, charge them with manslaughter or murder? So the state of Arizona doesn't currently have uh, a way to do that. Um, although we have been very creative uh, with our state and local agencies, again, great partnerships, great investigators, and passionate law enforcement who really are trying to find justice for these victims. Um, so we have we had made some headway through the state. Federally, we are able to charge uh, fentanyl overdoses, and we take that very seriously. Um, it's a problem. Uh, the charging is is difficult because it's the intent piece, mm-hmm. and also it's but for fentanyl that this person lost their life. So it's a, a difficult legal hurdle, but we we do take these investigations and put a lot into them. We really try to make the families um, whole as whole as we possibly can. Possibly can, yeah. That's not easy. I would think in today's environment, anybody who's 
selling drugs has to know there's this chance. Oh, for sure. So for sure, just the act of doing it would make them guilty to me. But you have to think about this person too, because they don't care. Our our drug traffickers are predators, and they are taking advantage of people who are making bad choices. Right? Um, They don't care. They don't care if you live or die. They only care about your money. And that is very difficult for people to wrap their heads around. It it matters. Nobody is your friend out there. No. And I don't care if you have a migraine. Go to the drugstore and buy mm-hmm. buy your meds at the drugstore, not out of somebody's trunk yeah. or their car. And we we are a drug a pill taking society. And we've always thought that prescription pills were better than non prescription, right? When you think about mm-hmm. safety And it's really important to note that the only safe pills to take are the pills that are prescribed to you by your doctor and that are taken the way your doctor tells you to take them. And that doesn't mean get your prescription, run down to Mexico and have your (laughs) prescription filled because you're taking a chance. Right. Mm -hmm. A real pharmacy. Go to a a real real pharmacy pharmacy. uh, with a a name that you recognize and pay real money. legal drugs. Absolutely. And, And those are safe. Those are safe to take. Yeah. And you don't want to, and this is the other thing, we, we've talked about this before on the show, you go to the doctor, you have surgery, or you have, you know, whatever the situation is, and they prescribe, you know, a thousand pain pills, right? and all of a sudden you're hooked mm-hmm. on these pain pills. And, and I, think, I think that trend is getting better. I think we're seeing doctors, doctors who are really trying to do the right thing, and uh I don't, I don't think people knew how bad the, the opioid epidemic was going to become. I really believe that. And so we had, a lot of, we had a lot of abuse, but we also had just some mistakes. And there was collateral damage to all of those things. We have done a lot to educate each other, and we're, we're in a better place uh, as far as prescribing and patient care, I think. Yeah, and, and years ago, when I'm thinking back when, you know, I had surgery and they... Fentanyl wasn't an issue. No, and fentanyl actually has existed in the world. It is a really good drug if you are uh, in palliative care, if you are having surgery. Given under a doctor's (coughs) guidance and supervision, it is a great drug. It's just not illegal fentanyl. Legal fentanyl, medical fentanyl is quality controlled, it is uh, dosage controlled, and it is very safe in a hospital environment. Illegal fentanyl is made in a basement or a garage down in Mexico, and it is mixed inconsistently. In the same batch of of pills, you might have one pill that contains a lethal dose of 10 milligrams and another that contains 1.4 milligrams. And there's no way to tell the difference between a pill that contains a lethal dose and one that doesn't. I had um, Mike D. Hill. You know Mike? Yeah, Yeah. And he's retired DEA. And he was describing, he said, you know, take a horse trough, fill it with these chemicals, and they take a rusty shovel or whatever they have, and they're, you know, stirring it up. There's no rhyme or reason behind what they're doing. They're just trying to make everything look like candy and make it cute and funny and well, something's on your mind, yeah, I can we, tell. Because <laughs> we were talking, or, or Sherry was just talking about, there's no way to tell. 
and there there's a false that there is a some people that have a false sense of security because there's testing strips for fentanyl however it it's not 100% guarantee because that fentanyl is you were just discussing it's just it's just mixed up down in Mexico and there's no regulation of that so if if you get a pill and you scrape off part of that pill for that testing strip you may be scraping off the part of the pill that doesn't contain the fentanyl but but because it's such a small dosage that can kill you that pill that might test negative could actually still contain fentanyl i didn't know they had strips to test it that's is that not is oh okay <laughs> so you know if and if you're got three or four pills and you're only testing one think the rest are okay that's no good either right so don't use those strips <clears throat> yeah. to test your pills and another great thing about like a specifically in arizona we have like the good samaritan law so if you're with like a friend or a family member that does overdose with this illegal substance you can call 911 get them help without facing any legal consequences which is usually like a big prevention thing that like stops people from calling for help in fear of getting those legal consequences and we've tried to really express that to people of if, if somebody's in trouble call 911 you're not going to get in trouble for doing the right thing. Yeah. Did the wrong thing to begin with, but you're not going to get in trouble for doing the right thing by saving somebody's life. Mm-hmm. And using Narcan, I don't have Narcan. I had somebody give me some Narcan and I didn't know what to do with it, so I gave it away. But <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, what is this? But if you're in a, an environment, you like going to concerts, you like, you know, you're hanging out with people, movie theater. Have Narcan on your person because you don't know when you might need it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, save a life. Do the right thing. So let's wrap this up. How do mm-hmm. people get in touch with you to... If if they reach, if they go to the Tempe Union, <coughs> Tempe Union High School, or TempeUnion.org, and just look for the community relations link. And that's you. That's our director of communications uh, is Megan Sterling. Okay. So if they if they contact her, they'll be able to get a hold of all of us, um, and that's the best way to do it. And how many um, ads do you have right now that you've done? We've got seven total. We just wrapped on another one uh, a couple of days ago, and then we've got a, a slew more that are coming up within the next few weeks that we're going to film. And they're all done by students. Yeah, they're filmed in the the district. We have a studio in the district office, and then they come in and we film them there. Okay. Are the students involved with filming it, Mm -hmm. editing, writing? They are involved in the writing, the filming, the actual filming of it I do, and the editing I do. Do you have a, a film class in the school? We have. each Each one of the sites has a film and TV production class. What do you mean sites? I'm sorry, schools, each one of the schools. So we have six schools in our district, and each one of the schools has a film and TV production class. Oh. And they do video announcements. So these PSAs also then go into the video announcements at each each of the schools, too. So we're getting the word out within our community and, you know, with the students at each site and then out through social media and all the other avenues that we've... Yeah, posters. Um, We've done... Go ahead. So... If a TV station wanted to use your PSAs, you're going to let them use the PSAs. Absolutely. 
So that that makes sense to me. What about the Super Bowl? Have you talked to them <laughs> about getting? Funny hey, that you bring that up, though. Opening day for the Phoenix Suns, we did post their their PSA. Uh, That's awesome. Absolutely. That's awesome because everybody's out there watching those. Mm-hmm. You are going to have to. It's going to be important. <laughs> so yeah, no, I'm I'm just thinking of all the different places mm-hmm. where these should be played. And people need to listen. Do all schools have a film department? It depends on the school district. Um, all of our schools in our district do. It's part of the career and technical education program in, in the state of Arizona. So each of the districts have a choice in which CTE classes that they want to offer at their particular site. CTE? Yeah, career and technical education. Okay. So um, it it is one of the career and technical... I mean, I could go on and on about creating tech because it's a great opportunity. Um, but each of the dis- school districts, it's up to their discretion which classes or which programs they want to offer. I believe a good majority of the school districts do, but I do know some that, that don't have the fun. It, it's an expense. There's a lot of expense to that particular program. Yeah, media, it's expensive. <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. You have connections. Can't you get something on the Super Bowl? Yeah, my <laughs> my on, Super Bowl on. connections. Yeah, yeah. On, back when I was a rusher. Um, <laughs> I I just think that the message is important. It needs to be out there, and I'm I'm really happy that you're doing this. What else do people need to know? I I have some friends in town that I met through DEA. And their frustration level is is up to here with the lack of being able to prosecute. What are what's happening to help curb up these laws or, or make the laws a little bit user friendly for these people? What's going on in that arena? So Arizona is a bad place to break the law because we are very unified in our commitment to keep Arizona safe. And I will I will repeat that message over and over. This is not a good place to break the law. The police are serious. The prosecutors are serious. Do people fall through the cracks? Of course they do. Do bad people get away with things? Of course they do. But really, the majority of our criminals, the majority of our bad guys are held accountable. We are very, very serious about justice here in Arizona. So if you're going to screw up, don't do it here. Go to California. Absolutely. (laughs) I shouldn't say that. No, don't screw up. Don't do that. I used to work in Chicago and Tommy Bartlett Water Show up in Wisconsin had a campaign that said escape to Wisconsin. So I took one of those bumper stickers and I slapped it on the back of a paddy wagon and I got in trouble. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, you know, what are you going to do? So do, do you outreach to other students from other schools or are you kind of protected? Um, I know like with like my cousins and friends outside of the Tempe Union High School District, I've definitely told about the campaign, sent them some PSAs. And of course, I have family across the United States that are very supportive. I was going to say, what about <laughs> across the United States? Do you yeah, have- I have a lot of family on the East Coast, so I, they're very supportive of my PSAs. I don't know if they have many like connections to school districts out there. but Is I, that why you're going to Boston? Uh, yeah, I love uh, Boston. I have a lot of family out there. <laughs> so you know it's cold. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is a deliberate thing. <laughs> so <laughs> I love Boston, too. Yeah, it's it's so beautiful. Cool. Yeah. There's a, so much history. Yeah. You're going to have a good it. time. You're going to come Can't back wait. with an accent. <laughs> 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 so, 
Back to cancer. Can I make one shameless DEA plug? Yeah, uh, very quickly. Uh, we have a teen academy that if you are a young person listening to this right now and you are interested in in DEA, in law enforcement in general, and really more about these PSAs and peer-to-peer messaging. We have a, a teen academy. You can go to DEA.gov, look up the Phoenix site, and we're happy to give you information if you want to attend one of our, our academies. I know Jaya has, has attended one as well. It's mm-hmm. fantastic. It was a it's really a cool opportunity. Fun educational day. I made my son go. <laughs> <laughs> Take your kid to work day. Yeah. <laughs> But you get to see what we do hands-on. And we educate you. We give you some some good information, but it's really a fun day. Mm-hmm. Are you hiring? We are hiring all the time. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, we are hiring every single core. Uh, our intel analysts, our diversion investigators, our support staff, community outreach, uh, public affairs specialists, and our special agent positions. All are so very important in our fight against uh, drugs in Arizona and throughout the United States. So if they want to get hired by DEA and they work for a different agency. Oh, that's that's our favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you said that. Uh, yes, you can go to DEA.gov. Uh, we will reach out. The recruiter will reach out to you and we will help you switch over. And that's federal to federal? Federal to federal. We love our cops and task force officers uh, as well. Um, And really, we need young people. We need people who have good hearts, who want to be there when people need help, and and really want to make change. Want to make a difference. Absolutely. It's such an impactful mission, and it matters. It matters to everybody. And and thank God you guys are out there. Mm -hmm. I know you've had some... Tragedy. Yeah. Yeah. You've had some tragedy, and you've had some close calls, too. Absolutely. People, and I don't think people think about that. Law enforcement's out there. If they have contact with fentanyl, you're jeopardizing their life, too. Absolutely. It's very dangerous. So, you know, it's it's something that everybody needs to be very aware of, and it's not too early to have that conversation. Go to DEA.gov. And it'll give you some talking points and age-appropriate material for the different ages, right? Absolutely. Great toolkit uh, for all parents, grandmas, grandpas, friends, neighbors, relatives. Everybody can learn something. And if you want to get in touch with um, this program, No Second Chance, what's it called? No, no, no Second, second chance. chance. Then you want to give them your cell number? Okay. Sure. <laughs> I'll give Eric's. <laughs> so I want everybody really listen to this show again. The podcast will be on our website. Listen to it again. Send it to all your, your friends, anybody you think might need some help, some guidance in how to teach people. And this is teaching people what to do and not to do. It's not telling them what to do and not to do. That's your choice. So if you decide to go out and buy illegal drugs, it's on you. Mm-hmm. So until next week, I want everybody to shop local, stay safe, and don't forget, go to Tucson, uh, what's it called, the Academy, the Tucson Auto Mission, two to four, law enforcement, your family, you get in free, and if you haven't been there, you need to experience it, it's awesome. Have a great day, 